award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for watching out there. Thanks for listening. If you're on the radio or tuning into our podcast, we appreciate you doing that. Got a fun show for you today we're talking fishing with our favorite fisherman jason holland is back in the house hey, thank you gentlemen <laughs> yeah fine introduction what do you think about that favorite fisherman A favorite fisherman <laughs> well it's better than being your unfavorite fisherman i suppose well you have the the faith family and fishing yes sir i like favorite that. the favorite fisherman of faith family and fish. There we go. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of apps going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, a good kind of app. It is a good kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Family show. Todd, keep it a family show. It is you? a family show. Good night. <laughs> um, a lot going on today. Uh, we'll jump into what we're going to talk about soon, but I wanted to highlight the raffle. The yeah. raffle is going yes, on. Yes, sir. Uh, so hang with me here. Let me pull it up. If you're watching on the screen, there you go. Uh, the TWRF Conservation Raffle is underway. You've got 55 days from this recording day. It's probably going to be a few less days when you right, hear about it. That's right. Uh, but 10 prizes with additional 100 chances on some other things. So get your tickets. 10 for 100, 3 for 50, or one ticket for $20. Uh, the big prize this year is $50,000 voucher toward a Ford vehicle. I mean, 50 grand? Yep. Man. For 20 bucks? I mean, I, I'm not real good at math, but <laughs> that's I, a pretty darn good deal. I mean, deal, I feel like that's a pretty nice, uh, a nice little opportunity to get in there. And, uh, I have not bought my tickets yet. I raise my hand that I am going to be buying my tickets. All right, uh, good. Very soon, so uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. a lot of great yeah. prizes this year. That that being the big ticket item there, um, and then we've got a tracker boat from Bass Pro. We've got the elk hunt that started all. It started it all. The raffle kind of was birthed from the the elk hunt and opportunities there uh the utv package is there from bass pro uh president's island deer hunt uh a lot of stuff you saw last year is coming back the final flight uh waterfowl hunt package for you and your friends five thousand dollars at academy which is is great for buying fishing gear yes absolutely um the turkey hunt with the governor's one shot uh that's going to be with uh, Preston Pittman again this Guided year. Guided hunt and all the the paraphernalia that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah, that little seat, the pack rabbit there. I mean, if I just get one of those, I'd be happy. Those are nice. Um, Best of the West long range shooting package. So that's a, a hot deal there. And then the Henry gun. So it's a lot of cool stuff. Man, I love that Henry gun. Yeah. Got the uh, foundation logo on one side and the tri-star on the other, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm going to need you to go ahead and uh, line that up, if you don't mind. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give you my ticket numbers <laughs> so we can uh, – I don't need to win every one of those packages, but if I could get five, uh-huh. it doesn't seem like that's too just much. Just five packages? Just five of them. Okay. I just need five of those packages. What about five of the 100 additional prizes in the knives? I'll get you five knives. Now. I got, got – yeah, like we talked about before the show started, I, I don't ever win, Ever. Yep. In a drawing, so if I win, if I literally just get a piece of mail back saying thank you, that will be more than I've ever won. So that'll be a win, right yeah, there. I'm not, uh, I'm not overly picky. And you know the thing with this raffle is, you you buy the hundred dollar thing where you get ten tickets. Yeah, you could potentially win 
more than one of these. That's right. that's just crazy. I mean, you know, yeah. you can, it, it doesn't disqualify you if you win, you get drawn the first time. Right. So, you buy 10 tickets, there's 10 in the pot. Yeah, there's so. there's, a, there's a chance. But uh, anyway, there, there's some really good stuff on there. And TWRF.net is the website, right, Jason? Yep, raffle.twrf.net. Yeah, so I'm going to need the truck and the tracker boat. Start there. Well, that's a good package. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, you could win those two. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much just wraps up uh, everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I'm sure that, the truck's got a hitch. I would I would hope good. so. If not, we will uh, we'll put one on it. Yeah. Scrounge up some pennies <laughs> to put sure. one on it. Okay. Yeah. We'll call on some buddies. <laughs> we'll go in together and put a hitch on it. Oh. Well, we're excited about that, and we're going to keep promoting it and let you all know about it. But uh, there's still time, so... Get out there and get you a ticket. And I noticed it does have a countdown clock. So when you go visit the website, it'll mm-hmm. give you the number of days left on the on the uh, the time. So exactly. So there exactly. you go. That'd hey, be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I got my fingers crossed. My toes crossed. Hey, I'm I'm rooting for you. Right, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Me too. <laughs> I'm rooting for me really, really hard on this deal. Oh, I need to buy me some tickets too. Well, well you could buy me a few. I will buy. Yeah, does it disqualify you? Hey, you could give it to somebody. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, that's right. I, I will share. Okay. So if I win all ten, I will share one with you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That Seems like good. a fair trade. Mm-hmm. I'm that kind of guy. Well, what are we talking about today? Uh, we got a lot of stuff here in front of you, and I'm kind of surprising me today because we hadn't really discussed what the what no. the flow of the show is going to be. Uh, you mentioned offshore, and it makes me think of ocean, but this is offshore. Uh, inland fishing, I guess, or, yeah, or lake fishing. Uh, offshore freshwater fishing. Freshwater, okay. Yeah, and again, offshore uh, ledge fishing, I, there's a lot of different terms. Um, I use offshore. Anything that I'm not directly throwing at the bank, Okay. and I'm fishing something that doesn't have a visual representation above the water, I, offshore, and when I say offshore, most of the time that's going to be on some type of drop, a ledge, a hump. A saddle, there's a million different terminologies, but just basically something underneath the water that you can't see that bass will gravitate to this Uh time of year. So right now, uh, summertime, exactly when this is going to air, but we'll just say summertime. It's hot, and so a lot. The misconception is every single bass in the system goes offshore or leaves the bank and goes out. It's not the case. There's always resident fish no matter where you're at. So for your bank fishermen, don't get discouraged. Uh, there's still fish up shallow that you can, you know, still fish from the bank and still catch some. Uh, you can, honestly more likely to catch panfish mm-hmm. this time of year shallow opposed to bass, but uh, you still can. Yeah. Not every single bass, but and if and when we're fishing, we're always trying to find the largest concentration of fish on the body of water this time of year when the water temp is up in the high 80s, low 90s. It's hot, dog days of summer. They're gonna go out deep. Right. Only reason they go out deep is there's there's really two things that they're always looking for. One, just like the rest of us, they're always looking for food. They got to eat, and they're going to follow where the bait goes. And this time of year, the shad or the large population uh, of shad will gang up in balls, and they will go, and they'll suspend typically around the thermocline. All the thermocline is is you got colder water uh, and you got hotter water, uh-huh. and they're somewhere in the middle where those meet, and that's usually the most oxygenated water in the system this time of year and so the bait uh, will typically hang around that thermocline well whenever there's bait there's always going to be the predatorial fish in this case obviously the the bass and they're going to follow those out there Mm -hmm. baits number one and then really like i just said it's the oxygen the cooler water the more oxygenated water where they can go and be the most comfortable and that's this time of year they're going to go out um 
And offshore can be a relative term, uh, or ledge fishing can be a relative term, meaning uh, it could be a, a creek channel ledge. So you got a big creek, uh, uh-huh. and then you have and with the old creek bed that used to go through there. Uh, right. That's you have a drop there, so it's shallower and it drops off to deeper water. Or uh, a lot of the, especially here in Tennessee, uh, Alabama, Kentucky. I mean, you got the, the TVA chain of lakes, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, obviously used for power generation, and they have a very deep channel for the barges. And so those bass will go, and they will suspend. Uh, the bait will suspend off, and then the bass will come. The other thing that really drives that is current flow. Uh-huh. Uh, current flow, such as a Highland Reservoir, doesn't really matter. You take a Tim's uh, Tim's Ford, a Dale Hollow, Center Hill. Uh, those that, that current is not necessarily as much of a prediction where the bass will be, opposed to a Kentucky Lake, uh, a Nickajack, uh, Chickamauga, any of those. That generation, mm-hmm. as they're again summertime. So the, the power needs go up because everybody's got their air conditioning cranked down, right? And power needs spike, and so to generate more electricity, they pull more. Uh, they pull more water through the system, through the turbines or turbines, wherever mm-hmm. you're from. How do you want to say yeah. it? Uh, it's going to create more electricity, and so you get a lot of current flow. Current flow and offshore fishing. That's really where we're going to spend the time today. There's, we don't have near enough time to go through the nuances of non-current generation lakes fishing offshore. So we're going to focus really on. We're going to talk mainly Kentucky Lake. In this area, most of us, most fishermen know it, but Kentucky Lake, it's kind of in a low time the last couple of years, a lot of different reasons. But uh, so far this year, it's kind of on the uptick. Mm-hmm. But anyway, lakes ebb and flow uh, from how good fishing are. And what happened, it's kind of a self, self-fulfilling prophecy because a lake will get hot. Chickamauga, for example. Chickamauga got super hot. Everybody started going there. Everybody yeah. wanted to go catch this record fish. And oh, what yeah. happened is... Right now, it's starting to it's kind of crusted and it's starting to come down a little bit just because it's over it's getting overfished. There's some there's a tournament almost every day on that lake, every weekend um, unless it's super cold. There's a tournament going on, and so what happens is it's the old saying of high markets fix high markets and low markets fix low markets. Same thing in bass fishing. When lake gets hot, all the fishermen go there. And it's good for a couple years, and eventually it starts going to decline because it's getting a lot of pressure. Mm. Uh, Gunnersville, uh, which is you know right out right across the border in Alabama for us here in Nashville, has been one of the, one of the hottest, greatest lakes uh, in the entire country for years. Uh-huh. But it ebbs and flows. Right now, uh, Kentucky Lake is on its way back up, but Kentucky Lake is literally world renowned in bass fishing for the offshore ledges. Everybody comes to Kentucky Lake from across the country and from around the world to fish uh, the offshore ledges of Kentucky Lake, starting basically the middle of May, and will run through August, depending on you know weather conditions, and a lot of things. But it's it's so good, you literally can go out and you can catch a fish, a bass offshore on every cast for a long period of time. Mm. The most I've ever had personally is i've had 14 casts with 14 keepers <laughs> which is incredible i mean a yeah. lot of times you'll go fishing all day and if you catch 14 bass a total it's a great day much less 14 right. keepers and so that's just they're all ganged up and you get them fired up and so it's a lot of fun it's it's still hot kentucky like is still good those offshore areas are still good but what's happened is because of the asian carp it has repositioned those fish so a place that I used to go to every single year, and I knew, hey, when I got here this time of year, I was going to have the greatest day ever. The bass have been replaced on those places with Asian carp, but the bass are still there. They just repositioned. So 
a lot of times you'll read the forums and a lot of bass fishermen are complaining about how bad Kentucky Lake has been. Uh-huh. It's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just they can't go do what they've always done. And getting the Asian carpet for reposition. Got to so, work a little bit. You do. You got to get out. You got to get on your electronics. And this is really where uh, your skill comes in because you can't go back to that same uh, horseshoe right outside of Leatherwood and catch them all day. It's hot. I mean, it's the most <laughs> biggest community hole on a lake, and there's been more tournaments there, more fish caught there than probably uh, at least in that Paris Landing area. That's where everybody goes. It's incredible. Uh, and I've caught literally thousands of fish in a 150 yard stretch. They're not there anymore. Asian, go look and you see on the graph, and it's the Asian carp have moved up there. So those bass have actually repositioned it into uh, the same type of area. They just moved back to a secondary ledge. So, anyway, we're getting off subject, but we're going to focus on Kentucky Lake. We'll talk on offshore fishing. That is really the whole concept of what we're going to talk about today. That's the pretext of what we're talking about. Well, uh, we, Don and I went fishing with, with Mike Parsley and, and uh, um, Ian. Ian Huey, and mm-hmm. we caught some. Caught some striper, yeah, uh, on ledges, and try. We were putting out a video and trying to shoot some stuff, and we caught a few fish. So that was fun to watch that happen and even participate in it. Uh, I mean, y'all did a video or did a, a virtual class not too long ago, and that that's on our YouTube page, so folks can go see that. Yes, and learn more about this as well. But uh, stay tuned because here we go. Yeah. So uh, again, pretext is when I talk ledges, we're talking a uh, a river ledge. Where it could be anywhere from, let's just say, 8 to 10 foot. Maybe 6 to 10 foot on top. So a shallower area that's going to uh, think of a pool. you got the shallow end and how it tapers down to a deep end. Yeah. Uh, there is a good mental context when I say a drop or a ledge. It's just a shallower part that's going to uh, kind of just tilt off and go down. Uh, or I like to use the analogy, think of a... Think of a ditch. Mm-hmm. You get a backhoe and you you just you make yourself a three foot ditch in your backyard. You got your grass where it was, and then it just drops off into your ditch that you just dug. Same concept. That's a ledge. Yeah, that's that's all. When I say ledge or drop, uh, that's what I'm referring to. Right. Flatter on top, drops off, and bass. Well, again, think about as it comes across and it's flat, and then it begins to drop off. The shad will ball up, and they will suspend right over that where it starts to crest over and you start to head down, they will suspend over there. And the bass will then go down, they'll be on the bottom, and they will be sitting there uh, on that edge. Where current becomes a real big um, player in the whole process, the current will position the fish. So if there's not much current, they don't have to be just sucked to the bottom. They're not looking for a current break. They will kind of float up a little bit, and they'll be suspended off the bottom a little bit. And all that they're doing is that shad is up there and they will go they will get together in a school mm-hmm. and think of what you've seen on um uh ocean like videos of the ocean how nemo well you can look at nemo <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> reference i was looking to oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh what i'm talking about is you'll see the the school of whatever predatory fish will start just busting all over this bait ball same concept with bass just obviously scale everything down current will then come into play where if it's a lot of current they will have to get down lower and they'll have to get behind either a rock or something a a current seam somewhere where they're not sitting there just fighting the current because they're much like me uh i want to sit in a chair and be as lazy as i possibly can (laughs) while i'm eating dinner right i don't want to be running right a marathon while eating dinner Uh same concept they want to be with a current break where they can sit they can be comfortable they can wait till the the bait gets positioned right and then they can go up there and get the you know easiest possible meal they can so current will position those fish. Right now, everything that I have on this table we're going to talk about is when that current is flowing, 
and when they are on the bottom. Okay. Right? And they, that's because this is such an in-depth conversation it can go literally for hours mm-hmm. i gotta try to package it down so we can at least talk on one specific thing so we're talking about kentucky lake ledges when current is moving uh-huh. all right and these are the kind of base that you're going to do so at the beginning of the year uh excuse me the beginning of the offshore or ledge fishing season which typically depending on whether it's going to be in that mm, late may early june uh when it gets hot Temperature starts to rise, and all those, a lot of the bass from the creek start making their way and migrating out to where they're going to spend most of the summer, cooler water. When that happens, they are much more aggressive. So you can take a bait such as this. This mm-hmm. is a deep-diving crankbait. Uh, if you look at some of our other shows, we talked about how you would know that, and that's bill size, uh, the, width, uh, the width as well as the length, mm-hmm. tells you how deep that bait's going to dive. Obviously, for guys that are watching, you can see this has a bill that's probably, I don't know, inch and a half, maybe two inches long. Deep diving crankbait. These things are going to go, depending on uh, how much, how long your cast is, what size line you have. Personally, I like to use a rod that's anywhere 7, 6 to 7 foot, 8 inches long. I want to I want to bomb it, even sometimes up to a 710. I want to get out as far as I possibly can, because the further I get it, the deeper this crankbait's going to dive. Right? It's got more distance mm-hmm. to keep digging and digging. If I didn't make uh-huh. a real short cast, he's going to go down and come right back up. The further a cast I can make, so I use uh, that rod, I will use a slow gear ratio reel. So I'll use cash and fishing rod uh, that's 7.6 to 7.10, and then I will use a lose uh, tournament MB reel that's a low gear ratio. This is key. You want like a 5.3 to 1. Again, we're getting specific. Use whatever you got. Start there, yeah. but it, it is, we're getting to the little bit more specifics. I want to use a lower gear ratio reel, like a 5-3 to 1. Very slow, because what happens is, one, I need a lot of torque. This thing weighs about an ounce, ounce and a quarter, uh-huh. so it's a big bait. And I am, when I say I'm reeling it, I'm reeling it, and I'm getting it. Yeah, you're just driving yeah, it through Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, act, I'm plowing it through. Because what I want is, I want this bait to hit that bottom where those bass are at. Uh-huh. And this bait is going to dig. And it's going to hop, and it's going to roll, and it's going to make all kinds of commotion because I'm trying to trigger that feeding instinct in their brain. Called triggering a fish, reaction bite, a lot of different terms. But he's sitting down there, everything's all good, and all of a sudden this bait just comes plowing right by their face. It's flashing, (laughs) it's rolling. And so their predatory instinct kicks in, and they go out and grab it. Yeah. Well, because I'm, it's deep, it's big bait, and I am just, I'm, I'm, you know, grinding the coffee, you want to go a lower gear ratio reel. Because if you have a real fast reel, one, you're going to have a lot more speed than you really need. And then number two is it's going to work the fire out of you because you are moving so much line. I want this thing to get down there, and I want it to hunt. And I want it to dig. And so a slower gear ratio reel is going to make that much easier on the angler because when you throw it, I mean, I'm going to be throwing it for 8 to 10 hours a day, and I'm just, I mean, I'm winding. And so your elbows and wrists gets to... They'll start. I mean, you'll know you did it. When you yeah. say it's down there and it's grinding, are you are you in the bottom of that ditch? Is that where you're driving? No, it? I am. So I'm going to throw this on top. It's a great great point. So I'm going to throw this on top of that ledge. So I've got a bait that's going to dive. Let's just say we'll use easy math. Uh, let's just say 25 feet. Okay. Eh, let's just say 22 feet. 25. 22. <laughs> so what's going to happen? I'm going to throw this thing up, and it's going to be. I'm going to be. Reeling it across, it's going to be in eight foot of water. Okay. So if you think about that, this bait is just lit. I mean, it's just boom, boom, right. boom, because this keeps diving straight down because it's designed to go deeper. So what happens? It's on top of that ledge, digging, 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 and then all of a sudden, it pops. You know, so you think about it, it goes over the, just say over, over the, the hump, over so the hump, over the side. 
That's a good way. And over the side. And so it's banging, 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 and then it just pops free. And that's typically when your bite's going to happen. Okay. Because they're watching it. It comes by them. They either grab it when it's up shallow. But you got to think, they're sitting right on that crest. Uh-huh. That is where they're sitting. And that sucker's going to come right by them and then pop free. Dude, they can't handle it. Gotcha. They cannot. It's the greatest <laughs> bite because they hit it. Again, they're hitting it because they want to kill it. Uh-huh. They want to. I mean, they want to hit it hard as they can, and it is a fantastic bite. And a lot of times, when they're when they're schooled up, it's nothing to go a day and have multiple uh, two. You'll catch two on one cat. I mean, two on one lure mm. because again, they're schooled up. They're all competitive. They're all fighting for that that food. And so also that bait comes through, and they when one grabs it, the other one thinks, hey. My buddy's got something I want to eat, and so they'll yeah. come over there. And uh, it's many times this time of year you'll catch doubles. Huh. It's a blast. Some of the most fun you're ever going to have. Um, Why deep- are we here? <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could probably be there like an hour and a half. Okay. So call our wives, hook yeah. up the boat. We're out of here. We're out of here. Uh, but beginning of the sea- uh, beginning of the offshore season, you can catch them great on a crankbait. What happens over time is they will see a thousand crankbaits. I mean, in a couple of days. And so what happens, they get conditioned. So they're used to seeing that thing coming through. And so they don't, they don't react like they, they do at the beginning when, uh, when they haven't seen them, you know, for, since last offshore season. Mm-hmm. So uh, crankbaits, uh, a couple tips with that, and we are going to run out of time. We may have to do an extended <laughs> – the next show may have to be on offshore. But yeah. uh, you got uh, – this is a Spro. Uh, it's a deep diver. Um, one of my other personal favorites, this is the Rapala in the D, in the DT series, Dives 220. If you can see that, actually has a weight oh, yeah, I see molded that. directly into the bill. Huh. Uh-huh. And that helps it, again, it helps it get uh, the get distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, one key that I will show you, remember when I said that they get conditioned to it. So most of these baits have a rattle system in it. Uh, you can hear that. Oh, yeah. 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 And so that, again, it's, it's more noise, it's more attractive. So what happens over time... They hear that a million times. And so a lot of times if I've got a school fired up and I'm, they're just crushing that crankbait and all of a sudden they start to die, I will pick up this crankbait. With no rattle. With no rattle. Uh, and so, again, it's the same commotion. It just loses that what's, what they're getting conditioned to. It takes one of those off the table. And so you typically can pick up a, a couple extra bites just by changing up. Huh. They're like, uh, he's trying to sneak by me with no rattle. I'm yeah, going to get it. Exa- yeah, it's exactly that's, right. That's the For those listening, uh, that's the exact same lure. It's just rattle and no rattle. Yes, there. sir. It's exactly right. This is the Strike King 6XD. The Strike King 6XD is kind of the staple uh-huh. in um, offshore or ledge crankbaits there. Uh, they're really, really good, and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of guys fish with. Um, this one for guys that are uh, actually on the video, this is by Patrick Sabil. This is their uh, deep diving crankbait. I've never seen anything like that. I, I know. It's pretty unique. It's got uh, a set of trebles for those that are listening and not watching. It actually has a uh, six-aught hook that pivots. Huh. Um, off the back, like a tail almost. Yeah, off the tail. Here's, here's the problem that you run into with these big crankbaits is because you have a crankbait that's just say roughly one ounce, and you got a treble hook, and he's hitting it wide open, and now he's fighting, thrashing, and you're reeling it back in. So what has a tendency is they will use that weight of the lure kind of as a fulcrum or a pivot point, and when you see them jump, when they jump and they're shaking their head, what they're doing is they're using that weight, and it's popping that hook free. So what they've done here is they've got, they've got rid of the small, uh, mm-hmm. you know, size one or size two treble and went to just a big, uh, I think this is a 5 odd hook, um, what's really good with this is uh, also 
if you're fishing offshore that has, say, some brush piles or has more things you can get snagged on opposed to just rock yeah. or just a shell bed, um, it's a really good way to, yeah. to do it as well. Right through there. All right. How are we on time? Uh, we got about six, eight minutes. Oh, okay. Six, well, yeah. hey, we, I may. No, I'm sorry, three, four minutes. Oh well, I better <laughs> shut up and hurry. <laughs> I miscounted. All right, so we talked. We talked crankbaits, uh, really good. Uh, a flutter spoon is a great way. Again, uh, I think they're out there feeding up on shad. A spoon is a great way to mimic a bait fish. And, and this, it's not an actual spoon. If you're listening, it is a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's called a flutter spoon. Flutter spoon. There you go. So Google, it's got a uh, it's got a bend in it, and the back of it is concave. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so as it falls, it kind of just think of a side to side sachet. Whoa, sachet. Ooh, uh, really? Tired Almost. of breaking out the big words. Don't <laughs> edit that out. It makes it, me look smart. It, the the emotion you're you're showing us there, it kind of reminds me of a lightweight leaf just kind of floating down. Yes, from, sir, that's exactly through right. The atmosphere. And what it does is that. That flash is what gets their attention. Uh-huh. Uh, I we've talked about it on the show many times. Uh, I like the color red, uh, and so I actually take these and spray paint the oh yeah uh, I see spray that. paint the hook red. I don't it know. It makes a difference to me. I feel I feel like I've done something special. You've so, caught fish on it. So. Yeah. So this is a, uh, a Strike King uh, <coughs> spoon. Spoon. Yeah, that's the five inch spoon. So here is a uh, that's a whopper. This is a Magnum spoon. <laughs> this is my favorite. I want to hear the story. Yeah. This, so but... uh, a fishing guide and uh, pro fisherman as well as uh, a big duck hunter out of real foot his name is ben parker uh created this magnum flutter spoon wow it has a two-aught uh hook on the bottom uh it's got the uh, the tinsel the and it is uh, i think this one is seven inches i believe seven or eight inches same concept as what we just looked at before it's just an absolute, just it's just a magnum. Man. Bigger presentation. Yeah, and here's the thing of it is, I, I can't tell you how many one and a half to two and a half pound fish I've caught on this thing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I got a, yeah, one of the that's old, amazing. Yeah, dude. I had old fishermen tell me all the time, he said, son, they don't know how far their eyes is from the tail. They have no <laughs> idea how big they are. <laughs> they true. just, they don't care. It just, it's flashy, it looks like something to eat, and they'll smack it. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't fished a spoon offshore, Go watch some YouTube videos. It is my personal. This is how I, this is my favorite way to catch them offshore. I love a crankbait. I love a big jig, uh, but there's something. I about love a spoon spoons because I can throw them so far. No, I can bomb them out there. Yeah, I feel like I know what I'm doing when I do that. <laughs> uh, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but the three quarter ounce football jig never go wrong with football jig. I mean, uh, you can drag it, uh, you can hop it, and all you and you hop it, you're activating that skirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time of year, um, don't have time to go into it. But just Google uh, or go to YouTube, and it's called Stroking a Jig. Watch that. It, it'll blow your mind. All right, so we're going to hurry. Uh, you got big shaky heads, three-quarter ounce shaky heads. You got uh, wobble heads, another great one. It's just a football head that's got uh, kind of a pivot point in it. We talk about it about, I think, every time we're on the show. Tokyo. Tokyo rig. All right, let's hit soft plastics real quick. Uh, we didn't hit swim baits. We have to do another show. We're gonna have. We may have to yeah. do another show. Yeah. Uh, swim baits, three quarter ounce head. This is called an underspin. Uh, I love the Yum Money Minnow. It's great. Money Minnow. Uh, Money Minnow. Zoom old monster. This is a staple worm oh, offshore. Yeah. Everybody's heard of the old monster. It's a ten inch worm. Great. Um, missile baits quiver. It's great on the Tokyo rig. And then the D bomb from missile is great on the back of a jig. Or with the one thing we need to bring up, Carolina rig. If you're not getting bit with everything. Tie on the old ball and chain. We've done a show on it. Uh, put the ball and chain on. Chunk it around. I promise you'll get bit. Thanks for having me. As always, I love being on the show. Yeah. Three favorite, three most important things is your faith, your family, and your fishing. 
See you guys it. next time. Check out Jason Holland fishing. Wait, what about this right here though? Oh, if you want to fish shallow, you can. If you're watching at home, that is a massive <laughs> monster. I love, I love how you strategically place that fish. Yeah, that thing is a solid eight inches long, and he looks like a six pounder. It's all about the angler. You might angler. <laughs> you might I am. How you like that, Todd? Make sure that makes the cut. That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So if you want to catch them shallow, out there they are. And, and if you want to fish ledges, take Jason's advice. Come <laughs> and on. encourage all our listeners to watch the podcast because yeah. there's there's a lot to be seen here and uh, it, uh, all the great stuff that Jason's touting here you can you can see demonstrated. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is Tennessee Wildcast, and hey, we'll see you next time. <laughs>